You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, this is Mike Badano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hey guys, welcome back to Sarcastic Remarks. Along with Chris and James, my name is Ryan. We are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for being our sponsor. Use that promo code THPN that is located above Chris's head the next time you go and use their app. We appreciate them, as always. Anyways, guys, uh, the, the Dallas Stars lose by a final score of 3-2 to two to the Carolina Hurricanes tonight in overtime. And it, I don't know how I feel about this game. Uh, tell me what I should be feeling right now, Chris. What, what, what's your initial thoughts? Well, oh, yeah, three-on-three overtime is a lot less fun when you never win. I mean, that sucks. <laughs> Maybe We're 2-9 now in <laughs> overtime, I think. Is that right? Yeah. So Yeah. No, we're three, three and nine because we had one overtime or one shootout, shootout win. win. Yeah. So, so that's that's including shootout losses as well, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not good. So, I guess what we need to do and talk about real quick is what do we take away from this game? Because for me, this felt a lot different than the three to two loss to the Buffalo Sabres. I felt the Sabres got really lucky and the stars were the better team in the game on Monday. And tonight I felt Carolina 100% deserved this win tonight. And they were by far the better team. Yeah. They kind of faltered in the third period a little bit, but they didn't allow a ton of chances. And like around the last seven minutes of the third period, they really started pushing and getting better chances. So, I mean, that's just what I feel. Yeah, I, I agree to a point. Carolina played a very good game. I mean, they played their play style pretty much to perfection. I mean, don't don't let us shoot and shoot as much as you can. Um, that being said, the Stars didn't have their best stuff, especially offensively. Um, you could tell that. But the defensive game from the Stars was still very good. I mean, the shot blocking that we had, we clogged up the center of the ice. They had almost no chances from the slot. They were all out from the edge. So with the Stars just not on their game, I'm kind of not – super upset at the way we played the game tonight i mean really good defending of course we want more offense you're just not going to have that every night is, is what i'm saying so need more offense we just didn't have our stuff tonight we'll, we'll have it next game what do you think james i side with chris mostly that it was a really good overall defensive game and that we didn't have offense i'm just I, i'm frustrated in our games against top 10 teams now because I, this is this is the sixth one now that we've lost in overtime to a top six team we had so we had two against carolina we had one against toronto we had one against winnipeg one against the lightning and then one against new york that's six that's that's a, a two-thirds of our overtime losses to top top 10 opponents yeah and they were all relatively low scoring games too if i'm if I besides besides the Carolina the other Carolina game yeah 
that makes me feel a little bit better. And I also understand the reasoning behind some people saying it's okay that we're losing all of these games right now. It would be a bit, let me explain. Yeah, Chris, I agree. I agree. I agree. So, (laughs) but, but what I'm saying is it's okay. A lot of people are saying it's okay to lose these kind of games right now because of where we are in the standings. If we were in the standings, like we were last season, this would be a much, much bigger deal. Now, I still feel like even if we had half of these, I, I feel like we should at least be winning 50% of these games right now. And we're not. And I, I'm taking shootouts out of the equation. Even if you take shootouts out of the equation, we still have a really sucky record when it comes to overtime. Now, the one side of it is great. We don't have to play three-on-three hockey when it comes to the playoffs. And right now, I think it's fairly fair to say that the Stars have kind of firmly implant them themselves as a playoff team. I, I think that's safe to say at this point, knock on wood, you know, we lose the next 30 games or so. But th- the other thing about it is, is they just don't get going for these overtime games. And there is a slight bit of anxiety and a slight bit of hesitation for myself when it comes to the playoffs. I, I don't really care about the fact that we lost the game tonight. That's, that's fine. But these teams we've lost to, like you mentioned, James, are the top-tier teams in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I'm not trying to look too far ahead, but when you look at the Western Conference, the Dallas is the best team statistically. So we should logically make the Stanley Cup final based off of that. And if we can't beat these teams in these kind of games like this, I know I'm looking really far ahead. James is like, <laughs> far ahead. I, I like I'm stats and all, ahead. but that's stretching. Yeah. First of the conference, ahead. they go to the Stanley Cup every time, right? I think so. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That that Maybe I'm just talking out of my butt a little bit. Just, but that's uh, my ADHD brain going in a circle here. Yeah, I, I think you're you're taking the overtime losses to good teams too hard because those are a three-on-three Three on three overtime. Well, it's super fun, and I think it's a really great thing for the regular season. It is nowhere close to normal hockey, and I so it doesn't stress me out at all that we are taking these teams to overtime and losing it in overtime because I don't care really long term if we are good at three and three overtime or not. Since we're in the spot that we are, obviously, if we were on the bubble, it'd be a lot different. We'd be like, hey, we need to figure something out. Since we're not, we're kind of solidly in a playoff spot. As long as we're taking these teams to overtime, we're showing that we are good enough to play with these teams. And in this game, the Canes were on. I mean, they were playing their best hockey and the Stars were not. And this game went to overtime. And there's multiple chances that the Stars could have scored a third goal in the third period. So I'm not upset about it at all, honestly. I I don't think we should take too uh, too much into account on the overtime losses to good teams. It's not a big deal come playoff time. So we got a couple of things we need to talk about. Instead of kind of going through each of the periods, I'm just going to jump from topic to topic tonight because there's a lot of things that we need to talk about. Word. First thing I want, I do want to talk about tonight is, and since we have Chris tonight, James, we can ask him his opinion. Uh, we need to get in on this whole Hens versus Sagan thing. I think t- tonight solidified exactly what's going to happen for the next game. Uh, I was, I was right in my thinking about hoping that this would continue, but hints between Marchman and Garyanov did not work tonight at all. It, it worked really well in the game on Monday and they were getting their chances, especially in the first period. But tonight it just, it didn't work at all. So Chris, let me get your 
your opinion on that whole situation, which is kind of obvious now. Yeah. First off, I, I like the balls from DeBoer putting <laughs> putting Rope on the third line to start that game. On paper, it looks fantastic. I mean, on paper, it's like, man, we have three number one lines. Um, obviously, it didn't work. Uh, I kind of debate. Everyone said that the Rope Marchment Granov line looked really good in the second game. I thought Rope looked good in, in the in the first game against Buffalo. Um, and <laughs> yeah, tonight it was not good at all. And as soon as the first line got back together. It was just they had three chances. They had three chances immediately, <laughs> almost immediately. And yeah. They were the best line the entire third period. So, and I, I like to get to get to try it again tonight because they did go back to the normal number one line last game and scored the goal to tie the game. So I like him committing to it a little bit. Um, I I think it's over now. I think it's a good yeah. experiment. I think it should be done. I wouldn't hate it if we came back and tried it again one more time, but. I, I think pretty much the writing's on the wall on it. And I think the, the bigger reason for that is not Rope. Cause like I said, in the Buffalo game, he was great. Uh, Gurionov is obviously not good enough and he hasn't shown it all season that he's been good enough. We were just trying to light something that we saw in the preseason. Um, and then Marchment just is, he played better tonight and was just really snake bit tonight, but recently he just hasn't been good enough. It ha- hasn't been able to finish. Yeah, that's really what it is. Is it's it's really the finishing of those two players. Even when they get in good spots, they they typically will not put it in the back of the net. And if you can't do that, then your your line's not going to work. You just have to feed Hints the whole time, and Hints is normally the one who's getting into the zone for them and creating the chances. So I, I think it's pretty safe to say, like you said, Chris, that this is the end of that experiment. I loved the way that the lines looked. And I, it made sense to think that Hens could get both of those guys going. It made sense. Yeah. But it 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 didn't work. It yeah. worked in the it kind of worked in the first game. It did not work at all in the game tonight. If nothing else, it just makes me like DeBoer more that he would try something like that when we're, it's already going so well. You're the number one team in the West, and you're gonna break up your first line. I know that he just came back from injury and stuff, but still, that's a gutsy call. I'm glad he did it. But I don't, I don't I don't think it's working. I think it's done. So let me get into this because I want to talk about this too. Gary Onoff, does he does he deserve to be in the lineup right now? No. And I hate there that. Was, I hate to say, I hate to say that because I was, I know uh, he's. Go ahead, James. Sorry. There there was one rush chance that that line with Hints actually had where it was Hints and Marchment going up the ice like crazy, and it, and they and then Hints. Uh, Marchment gets it over to Hens. Hens passes it to the middle of the slot, and Gurionov isn't there at all. And you go back and you watch the replay on it. He stops skating at half at the center ice. He completely stops skating. He he glided all the way back in. And if he's if he's rushing and trying to get to the net on that, that's probably a goal there. Honestly, that's like how how fast that was. But him him really not trying is what was really really frustrating for me. Yeah, and that's not even to mention his puck battles. I mean, there were several puck battles that he was in, and it feels like those never go his way. So I, I just think it's – he needs to change the scenery, in my opinion. He could be great somewhere else. I think we just have another Nachushkin on our hands, and he, we just got to – hopefully we can move him at the deadline if we get something back. But more than likely, he's just going to be a fourth-line guy for us for the rest of the season, and then we'll part ways. 
I think at this point I'm with Ardell with his comment over here. He says, we have needed Gary for three years. I'm so tired of hoping he does something, anything. Twitter is on crack. Wave him. I think it's time. Because even if you don't get, even if nobody picks him up, which there's a chance somebody picks him up because he is a first-round pick, we need the cap space. He is, he's not doing his job. And we need a middle six forward. We need we need somebody that can help Sagan out. Sagan has proven that not by himself, not by himself, but if he has help with someone on his line, he can make some offense happen. So or he can be a, a good fill-in for that top line. He's proven that he can do that this year. Now he he's obviously getting way grossly overpaid for what we expect him to do. But we need somebody and we need that cap space more than anything. So even if we don't get rid of him, like even if we like can't trade him or anything, just the fact that he gets picked off of waivers, I think is a win for the stars. If he does get picked up. Cause I mean, cap space is like gold right now. I hate to say it. I really do, yeah. but cause I know kinda... what, I know what he's gone through, but he's, he's, it's a glaring hole in the lineup. He should be filling that role. We can't get rid of Marchment because he just signed a four-year deal. He's been here for three years. Well, he hasn't done his job. It's well, time. Marchment's well, not even he, close to needing to get rid of. He's in a slump. He's had, a, yeah. he had an amazing start to the year. There's there's no question. We're not moving Marchment. Marchment's still great. He's just snake bitten. So those people... hasn't done... He hasn't done anything on the season. He's like, what? Yeah, right. Like, three, four goals? He's two goals, five assists, seven points. I mean... Kiwi has six. He has six goals, no assists, right? And he's mostly played third, fourth line roles. Gary Onoff has been up and down only, the lineup all season. And I think I think Kiwi's only scored one while he was on the second line for like a week. <laughs> and every everything else has come from third and fourth line, him just grinding it and getting the goals himself. I I just don't I don't know what to do with him. Yeah. And I mean, if you're DeBoard, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I don't know if waving him is the right decision just because when you get rid of Gurnav, you're missing out on a lot of size and speed, if nothing else. I mean, yeah. he, he he's can do not that doing game. anything. He is he, skating still. There are times skating, definitely where you can yeah. see him skating Except, hard, especially, especially on the second power play unit. You see him rushing in. That's the only way the second power play unit gets and, into the zone is because Gurionov. And, and, and the biggest around too. So. And the biggest thing he did tonight was covering Suter on that huge misplay on the boards in the offensive zone Gurionov skated all the way back from the offensive zone to save Suter from the two on one chance make it a two on two and stops the shot yeah so yeah, I think but... there's definitely Gurionov is definitely bad it could definitely be worse though too I mean I think Olofsson is a good option um but the dude's not played in the NHL Gurionov has that's invaluable experience right there on a, on, a, on its own Gurionov is making two and a half million dollars he should be scoring goals at this point Okay, he's not. You I don't know and you've exactly got a million. Works, you're not going to get that much back, I don't think. I think you're at, at this a million dollars. At, at honestly, at this point, I I really don't, and I'm kind of shifting a little bit, but I really don't care what we get for Garyanov. If we get nothing, I don't care. It, it, it's just not working. It's not working. And the only thing that keeps him around is that, like every two weeks or so, he has a really good game. He might not necessarily like get on the score sheet or anything, but there was that really good article that Saad Yusev wrote where Garyanov was dominant in the game. He got an assist, but like it, he has one good game every two and a half to three weeks. And he doesn't, and 
in every other game that he plays in, he doesn't do enough. He doesn't do enough. And we have other guys down in Cedar Park who can play the role that he's playing right now on the third or fourth line. And that I'll, argue, I'll I would argue that, that he can do better. I'll disagree with that because the AHL guys don't have the NHL experience. Olsen did fantastic. He did really good for that time. There's no guarantee that he's not going to just fall off a cliff. I mean, th- that's not a guarantee. Garyanov will play. He can't play worse than he's playing right now. And he's not fully costing us games, I don't think. I don't think he deserves to be on a line with Rope Hintz, for sure. He doesn't. But he's also not. I, I don't think he's going to be the main reason that you're going to lose a game either. So, I agree. He's definitely not good enough. He's not playing good enough for his money. But to move him right now, I don't think it's going to cost nothing. I think you are going to have to pay a large sum to get a team to take him. So it's not like, let's just get rid of him. Let's just trade him. No one's going to take him. It's $3 million for a player that has two goals and can't play defense. (laughs) And that's fair, but I'll, I'll go into this. Find another reclamation project. Uh, another reclamation project across the NHL. Well, you are. I mean, exactly. That was that that was, you read my mind a hundred percent, Chris is Jesse Pugliarvi in, in Edmonton. I mean, you got to do something different here. I mean, give both guys a change of scenery and maybe it works out for one of them. I hope so. I just don't see how any team can look at Garyanov right now and say that he has a chance of, (laughs) of, of still being a top six forward in the league. Yeah, I'm sure Edmonton's saying that about Pugliarvi as well. Hopefully. I'm sure that's exactly what they're saying. Okay, we need to move on because we're talking too much about it. But uh, anything else on that? Anything else on that? Okay. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I do want to jump to uh, Hanley being in the lineup instead of Nils Lundqvist. And I'm kind of torn half and half on this. So here's my thoughts on this. Nils needs to be in the lineup. He's 23. He's a young guy. He's still developing. He was put in this exact same situation in New York where he was down and being benched quite often and healthy scratched. But I would argue that that Suter has played better with Hanley than any other person I think I've seen. And, and I think it's because Hanley is so good, you know, mopping up stupid plays that Suter <laughs> makes that it, it's easier to rely on Hanley to do that than Suter. Oh. And and I, I know I know the answer everyone's gonna say is well pull out Suter. Well yeah, but yeah, obviously yeah. that's not gonna happen because they because if DeBoer was gonna pull out Suter, he would have done that by now. And he's pulled out Miller, he's pulled out Lundquist. So obviously that's not gonna happen. Here's the biggest thing too though, is that Hanley only plays like eleven minutes a night when he's in the that's, lineup. He does gross. not play he does not play enough to keep him in the lineup for a long time. He just he doesn't play enough. Yeah, you're saying he plays well to clean up Suter. He's not playing 
to clean up Suter. I mean, he didn't play the whole third period, <laughs> pretty much. I, I, that's not for sure. He obviously played a couple of shifts. He barely played any time in the third period. Whenever Lundqvist is in, Lundqvist got all the way up to 22 minutes of time on ice at one point when yeah. he was playing very well. So why we're, why are we playing somebody who can't play more than 12 minutes over Lundqvist, who has a higher potential upside? The only thing I can think of to answer this question is that maybe Lundqvist is just tired. I mean, yeah. he's still a young and, guy in the league, and I think that's the only solution that I have is that he's... And I and I went back and looked at how many games Hanley played when we did that back in, like, the end of November. It was, like, four games. And this is the third game when uh, Lundqvist has been out. So maybe we get Hanley for one more game. We go into the All-Star break, and he comes, and we get Nils Lundqvist right back. I don't know. Yeah. I thought this and, was the fourth game. Is this the fourth game? Is it really the third game? I think, okay. I think so. I yeah. thought it was the fourth yeah. And to be fair, after he came back from that break, that's when he was playing his best, too. So maybe that's what they're thinking. They're thinking, hey, he just needs a break, and he'll be good to go again. So that's totally a possibility as well. I didn't even consider that, James, uh, that the All-Star break is coming up. So maybe we don't see him just because he gets an extended period of time where he gets to rest for two-plus weeks. So and maybe that'll be good for him going forward. And when you look at it, it's right at the 20 game mark again from the last time that he had the break. So it it makes sense where he is getting his breaks at. Yeah. And that, and that's what I think is the most logical thing, in my opinion, because Hanley's not getting played to the same amount that Lundqvist is getting played. So it's proving that they don't trust Hanley more than Lundqvist. It's just, I, I don't think Lundqvist is good to go right now. Couple of like that was mostly general stuff about the stars the past couple of weeks, but specifically about this game, another thing I wanted to talk about was the lack, nah, not really the lack, the stars' inability to get out of their own zone, especially when it comes to Carolina's forecheck. And the way that Carolina plays, it, it's very similar to the way Calgary played in the playoff series. I I constantly was thinking, holy crap, this is Calgary 2.0 or something. Maybe, maybe, maybe Carolina is actually Calgary 2.0. I don't know, whatever. But it, this is something that the stars need to figure out. They need to turn the puck over less and they need to figure something out, whether it's the high flip out of the zone and utilize that more often, uh, quicker breakouts out of the D zone, maybe a little bit harder on the puck. I just don't know what the answer is because they struggled mightily with the Carolina forecheck tonight. I know what the answer is. You don't have skilled enough blue liners to get the puck out of your own zone when guys are getting on you that quick. And there's there's where Lundquist probably would have been nice tonight. Yes. So the guys who are getting caught are not good with their hands. You got Hawk and Paw. I mean, he's a great defenseman. I wouldn't say he's a puck mover. Suter is slow as all get out. Even Lindell, I wouldn't say he's the best puck mover. I think he's smart with where he puts the puck, but he doesn't do it quick. So, yeah, the, the big thing I, I think there is that we don't have skilled players on our back end. So whenever they are attacking our defensemen in our own zone as hard as the Canes were tonight, and they did it really well for, I would say, two periods. The third period, we were, were really getting out of our zone clean and flying through the neutral zone then they're going to be on us. But that's the thing is to beat the stars, you're going to have to do that for 60 minutes and they didn't do it. We should have won the game in the end of the third period. James, any thoughts on that? Uh, Yeah. I was just going to point out how a lot of that comes from Carolina's defensemen and how offensive they are and their threat that they pose. It's they, they're 
their defensemen are probably some of the best in the league. And when they're playing a strong four check like that, I mean, your defensemen are going to get the puck normally at the point right after they work for that puck and they can put, they can put it in dangerous places really quickly. Yeah. Probably the polar opposite of the stars. They have some of the most skilled defensemen in the league. (laughs) So we have one really good guy and I'd say they have three to four really good puck movers on their blue line. And they were also missing their best defenseman tonight, and yeah. uh, Jacob Slavin. Slavin wasn't in the lineup tonight. He's he's one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. Yeah. And when he's and in there, he can do everything. <laughs> yeah. So that was one thing I wanted to talk about. I do want to talk about the penalty kill and the power play for the second, for the second, for a second. Penalty kill was pretty good tonight. It was actually excellent tonight, like it normally always is. But the power play. And it, it was interesting. I was listening to a Hockey Guy video earlier today, and it was the preview video, and he was talking about, yeah, the Stars are top 10 in power play, but it's never consistent. It's always feast or famine, in the words of uh, Mr. Razor. And tonight, it was just complete famine. I mean, they couldn't even get set up in their own zone, in the offensive zone at all, period. Like, they had no shots at all. I think they might have had one. During the power plays they had tonight? Neither neither team had a shot on the power play. Okay, that's what I thought, Uh, but I wasn't positive. I think another issue is with why that happens is because the Stars never go on the power play. And again tonight, it's just baffling how we don't get on the power play. I mean, the trip on KB Ronta behind the net, the high stick to Haskin at the end of the... They just refused to blow the whistle. they, it, they saw both of those plain view too, and they just yeah. didn't call them. That wasn't like they didn't see them. The puck was there. They were staring right at the play. They watched it happen and they didn't call it. Yeah. And, and the game really got chippy in the second period after the, uh, after the table topped. Was, was it Glendening? No, it, Glendening fought. Glendening uh, fought. Uh, because they, they tripped Kiwi Ronta again. That was, was the Kiwi other Ronta. trip that they did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, well, they, okay. they didn't just oh, trip him. They tabletopped him into the boards. And if that gets called, the game doesn't get as chippy as it got. That second period, it was getting feisty. There were some big hits getting thrown. I think what I heard on the broadcast was that on the first Kiwi Ronta trip, that he stepped on the on this stick of Pesci. He's still tripping. That's a trip. That's a trip. <laughs> that is <laughs> tripping, Ryan. Touch uh, his foot, Razor and that made seem... him fall. Razor didn't seem I to think it was a penalty. I don't, I just think, I don't think it's a dirty play, but it is straight up tripping. <laughs> that is that is what tripping is. You get your stick in their skates, and they fall because of it. Yeah, that's a that trip. is tripping. <laughs> man. Just like man, high sticking just is hitting someone in the face with a stick, even if their face is right by the ice. Well, and then the second one in the third period, again, Razor said something about he he kind of jumped over the stick, but at the same time, it, I, oh, hold on, hold on, I, I, and I'll, I will give you this. At the same time, it looks like tripping, and most teams, I feel like, would get the benefit of the doubt, and that would be whistled and blown down, and here's a power play for you. Not like it would have done the Stars any good tonight because their power play sucked, but true. still, the, the fact that, I, I don't know, the fact that they didn't blow the whistle now that I'm thinking about it is it's, it's kind of sucky because we don't get any kind of benefit like that. And then the same thing with the Miro Haskinen thing. I think Miro tried to sell it a little bit, but again, that it hold hold on. As soon as as soon as he realized the puck was going up the ice, he was immediately fine. So he was obviously okay. But 
there there was the obvious like he got high sticked in the face. He obviously got high sticked in the face, and he tried to sell it, and the refs just didn't buy it at all. He's not and, trying to sell anything. What is your reaction going to be if you get a stick in your face? You're just going to be like, oh wow, you hit me in the face. <laughs> No, you're gonna try to sell it. You're gonna no, try to he's sell not it. trying to sell it. He's trying to keep it from going into his eyes. That's a normal like human reaction. The, if something the hits other... you in the face, even if it doesn't hurt, you flinch. Not because it hurts, but because you don't want to hit you in the face more. Yeah. The other penalty. Anything. How dare the you? Other penalty, me or like that. The other penalty that I was <laughs> frustrated at tonight was when we got on the power play. The last power, the second power play that we got, they hit Pavelski trying to go into the zone on the blue line in one of our entries. And then when we were in the zone, the same dude dumped them again because they yeah. weren't, they didn't call the first one. Yeah. I'll just do it again. And those are two obvious interference calls. They didn't call either of them. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being, uh, I'm being like this tonight. The first one I thought was an accident. The, the second okay, one, James, the second, was, one, the second one was definitely, yeah, like, I, I, I should have been you called. You could argue the first one wasn't, but then Stahl was like, oh, you're not going to call it. I'll do it in, I'll do it in the, <laughs> you're do it later too. <laughs> and knock him right back over. It's like, <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, uh, let's just talk about the goals real quick. Uh, first goal for Dallas or actually well, it was Ajo. Miro turned the puck over in the offensive zone when he was trying to enter the zone on the power play. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, one of the best goal scorers in the league, gets it. Uh, he scores shorthanded on the breakaway. Uh, Johnston was probably one of the best Dallas stars tonight overall. He's awesome. Uh, he scored it to tie it, and I, that came out of nowhere because the stars were getting completely outplayed in the first period at that point. And then uh, Robertson scored in the first period as well. And it was just it, all they did is they just threw it at the net and a little bit of luck. And Robertson, with not a little bit of luck, with <laughs> holy crap, how did he? Yeah, how did he get that? I don't know how he did. Man. Yeah, he, he banks it right off the goaltender. Yeah. So, and then the burn slap shot. Uh, I guess it was more of a snapshot right off uh, the faceoff win to tie it up. That was the the other goal. Whatever and it was, holy it was crap, he can still shoot. Yeah, he can still shoot. Ass. And then, uh, of course, it's, you know, Natchez who ends the game, just like he did in the game in Raleigh. And super frustrating. The third period, the Stars had three incredible chances to score, especially the Johnston one that he totally beat the goaltender and nailed the post. It would have been a top 10 play of the year and robbed by the inside of the elbow, too through the crease and through the goalie and out goodness so unlucky i really i really believe our third period well we might have gotten outplayed in the first two periods and kind of hung on the third period we outplayed them we, we should have won in the third what's funny is that i thought we had better chances in the third and we scored two goals in the first where i thought we really got outplayed which was the complete opposite of the game and against Buffalo. Like and, we, like it, it, like the way that we dominated against Buffalo was way worse than the way Carolina was dominating us. We were still at least pushing back a little bit, well, and we were doing okay defensively. Okay, uh, yeah, that, that's the difference. Is that we play defense and the Sabers don't. <laughs> but it was fun though, right? It was fun. It was, it was so much fun. And, and those first two goals <laughs> in the first period, it's kind of. That's what skill gets you. I mean, when you have two guys Individual like Ryan weapons. Johnson yeah, and Jason and- Robertson, those guys are going to score. It doesn't matter how the game is flowing. They're going to find a way. And that's the same thing with the Sabres, too. I mean, they have a lot of skill on that team as well. Yep. 
And uh, let's end it by talking about Robertson because Robertson is just freaking animal legit. He deserves to be an all-star. Uh, Ardell asking over here, will we see 50 goals from Robo? I think eventually in his career he will get there. Does he do it this year? I think he has a chance. Um, and to answer your second question, Ardell, our, uh, Madonna did have one season where he scored exactly 50 goals. So uh, I think, I don't know, can Robo get there? Hot Probably. take, he does it. He beats the scoring <laughs> record this year. 51, exactly. I think I think 51. it's very likely he does. Because, I mean, especially with how hot he was off the beginning of the season. Yeah, he's just heating it, it up just again. Takes, it just takes one more streak like that, and he's and, blowing it out of the water. And he started one the past five games. All right, uh, really quick. Uh, we don't have to do biggest winner, biggest loser tonight, but we already talked about Johnson having a really good game. I do want to highlight Jamie Ben as well. Jamie Ben, the the nasty wise part of the game, he was really getting into it. So I really liked his game tonight. Yep. The play, playoff game atmosphere felt like yeah, a playoff yeah. game. And that's where Ben thrives. I mean, he was fantastic. And, and the best thing was he was he was playing so hard. He's creating so much space for Johnson. That's why I think Johnson looks so good tonight. It's so much room to work with. Yep, I definitely think that combination, there's there's something to it. It's not just, oh, they're two good players. John, uh, ben creating space for Johnson is huge. And maybe a little bit of an unpopular opinion for me tonight, but I, I thought Miro had kind of a rough game tonight because he, when you look at two, the first goal and the third goal, he was, especially the first one, was directly responsible for the goals there. So... I, I still don't think it's fair enough to criticize him as much because he does so much other stuff so well. It's not like he's Suter and Suter doesn't do much else other than have a decent game every once in a while. But he, he, he's he got to play better than that, right? He played 26 minutes tonight. He did play 26 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, he, he's responsible for for two of the goals, kind of. But the guy does so much other stuff defensively. He does it's, so much stuff like I, I, leading the rush. I, I mean, I still agree with you, Ryan. I mean, it, it, this is the same situation where, like, how is everybody blaming Dak Prescott for the Cowboys losing? Yeah, he's your quarterback. He's your best player. He, he needs he, to he's play your best like player. It. He needs to play like your best player at the right times. And Miro Hickson, he played fine tonight. But if he's going to be our centerpiece of this team, which he is. He's got to be our best player, and he wasn't tonight, but I'm not going to blame him for the loss because of that, but he's definitely not the reason that we won. Obviously, we lost. <laughs> if Robertson is the face of the franchise, Miro Haskinen is 100% the next captain of this team once Jamie Ben retires. I have no doubt in my mind. I've said that before, and I'll continue to say it for years until it actually happens. So, okay, I, I think we had a good discussion tonight, kind of a little bit different way that we did it, but... Anyways, I, I do need to, I guess I do need to mention this, but we were going to do an episode last night and then literally at the last second I had to uh, reschedule. So we'll be doing it tomorrow night. There's probably going to be a couple of different things we talk about since we talked about so much of the stuff here tonight, but uh, we will be with you guys tomorrow night. I don't know, guys, what, 10, 930, sure. something like that. At night, somewhere around there. Yeah, sometime around there. And we'll, we'll talk about some NHL stuff because we need to talk about Bruce Boudreaux a little bit in the tire fire that is Vancouver right now. So we'll talk about that a little bit and some other 
star stuff as well because there's some prospect stuff and there's there's a lot of things that we need other things that we need to talk about other than just the team in general and the players on the ice so okay anything else guys oh I think we're one good. more thing two losses in a row we haven't lost three yet it's in jeopardy against a very good new jersey team only two losses on the road and it's a new jersey team that's coming into dallas 18 two and two on the road holy crap and yet they suck at home, so it is what it is. But anyways, we appreciate you guys listening. Along with Chris and James, my name is Ryan. We'll catch you guys on the flip side, and we hope you guys have a good, fantastic uh, morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. Thanks to our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code THPN, and we will be back with you guys again on Friday when the Stars take on the New Jersey Devils. We will see you guys on Thursday. I almost said on Friday. (laughs) Anyways, y'all have a good evening.